0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. I'm Richardson Amarty, your social producer, and I'm delighted to be here with you today. Now, today's show is all about a topic that's incredibly relevant to our lives in this digital age, consciously cultivating positivity. It's not a secret that we often find ourselves surrounded by negative news, comments, and experience in the digital world. But, How can we counteract this and make our online interaction a bit more positive and uplifting? Well, that's precisely what we were going to explore today. But before we dive in, I'd like to let you onto something that's going on today, this week, something special. This week, we've decided to do something a bit different. Instead of having a guest on our show... We've chosen to dedicate this entire episode to answering the questions and messages you've been sending our way through, you know, text and LinkedIn. We've received some fantastic text <laughs> inquiries and stories from you. And we want to make sure we address them all. So if you're listening right now and you, have, you haven't sent us a text out yet or have reached out to us on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or whatever it may be, Tune in because there's a good chance we'll be discussing your thought today. And it's never too late if you haven't connected with us yet. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, at the Digital Wellness Center, or connect with Dr. Mary on LinkedIn. We're always here to engage with you and continue this conversation beyond the show. Now let's get started with our exploration of consciously cultivating positivity in our digital lives.
1: Oh, Richardson, thank you. That was a lovely introduction. you know what we forgot to do? And I don't have it handy. Maybe you do. But if you think about it, maybe we could have the call-in number in case somebody wants to join us live. Um, but as we embark on this journey today of consciously cultivating positivity, and why did I say that? Because it's fun to say. Consciously cultivating positivity in our digital lives. How often do we even think about that positivity Positivity and digital? It's kind of an oxymoron. But it's, un, it's really important for you to understand why we tend to think of it as an oxymoron. In the beginning, digital brought us great joy. We love digital. And now what's happening is we're becoming overwhelmed. We're tired. And the problem is... Our brains are wired in a way that makes us pay more attention to negativity and negative feedback than positive. And it's a phenomenon that has significant implications for our digital digital experiences. For example, uh, Facebook plays on that they know that if they give you tons of negative news, you'll continue to scroll through it. You'll just like get hooked on it. People got hooked on all the bad COVID news, and they pushed it towards you because your brain focuses on that more than it focuses on positive. Um, I feel that one of the pioneers in this area was Clifford Nass. He wrote a book called uh, The Man Who Forgot His Laptop, and as well as my fave, Dale Carnegie. I think he was a great a person who studied human behavior. He wasn't a professor, he was an adult educator, but he shared some profound insights. He said refuse to get angry at anything. Love your enemies. Now, these may sound like challenging principles to live by, but there's fascinating neuroscience behind them. For example, Dr. Nass demonstrated that our brains are naturally inclined to focus on negativity because once, a long time ago, it played a crucial role in our survival. Back in our ancestral days, paying attention to potential threats and dangers was a matter of life and death. And this is what we call a negativity bias. It's our bias towards negativity. So when we encounter negative feedback or comments online, our brains tend to fixate on them, leading to stress and anxiety. And this is where the concept of what I like to call consciously cultivating positivity comes into play. It's about actively countering our brain's natural tendency to dwell on the negative. And what I mean by that is when you get, you know this in your own life. For example, Richardson, if I gave you a comment or a compliment, I know you, because we work together, tend to brush it off. You're like, "Mm -hmm, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on. (laughs) And then... If I say, you know what, you really need to improve on that, and we talk like that. We we give positive and negative feedback to both of us, and we come up with ideas, and our entire team is encouraged to do that. And when we have a fail, it doesn't matter if I'm the CEO. The whole team says, yeah, that's a massive fail. And that happens at really strong companies like Intel, Intel. I know I remember a great story about Intel and people walking in and saying, you know what, this isn't working to the CEO. And he changed and and what became one of his most famous products was because his young researchers told him he was failing. So let me put this into another story, and I'm going to use my favorite, Dr. Alfred Adler. Um, and I want to talk about the power of positivity. Now, most people think, oh, yeah, you're doing woo-woo, feel-good meditation stuff. I'm actually not. I'm talking about the neuroscience of your brain. If your brain is constantly focusing on the negative, it's taking up 90% of your brain's energy. That means you have only 10% left for processing thought for getting stuff done, for productivity, for dealing with your spouse, for dealing with your parents, for dealing with your kids, for dealing with work. 10%, because 90% of your brain is thinking about that article you read on on politics or on what's going on in the world or something like that, and your brain fixates on that, and it goes into fight or flight. Fight or flight, we've talked about this before, is when your chest tightens, when your shoulders go up. And if you continually do this, if you continually feed your brain with negativity, you're going to start to feel physiological symptoms And by that, I mean, you're going to have digestive issues. You're going to see that you feel it in your shoulders. Most millennials right now are complaining of back pain because what happens when they stress is they tighten their bellies and they don't breathe through their belly because they're kinesthetic learners. We know that Gen X feels stress in their eyes. They tend to complain of headaches. They tend to complain of bright lights because they're visual learners. And then we look at people who are starting to get sick because they push themselves and push themselves. And what we know is when you continually do that and constantly stay in fight or flight, it leads to what is called chronic or chronic anxiousness. And chronic anxiousness, I talk a lot about in my book, Message Received, is when your body is in a constant state of anxiousness. And your body begins to articulate that it wants to get out of fight or flight. And you begin to have undiagnosed digestive issues, constant back pain you may be going to the physiotherapist for. Or you have neck pain you go to your doctors for. Or you start to feel exhaustion. You begin to feel the first signs of burnout. You lose interest in your family. You learn interest in your jobs. One of the things we have to do is start to care for self. And that's what positivity is. It's caring for self. Have you ever thought about positivity that way, Rich?
0: Well, I look at that in a way where, okay, I'm going to look at it as a positive outcome. Never really caring. In, in and as- looking at it in the aspect of caring for myself um, is always the outcome like, Let's say something bad happens uh, and I'm like, well, next week is going to be better. But I don't really look internally and be like, okay, you're okay. You're good. You know, that's how I, I personally look at it. But before, I, before we move on, I actually just want to tell our listeners that if you have any um, questions that you would love for us to answer, please text us at 773-763-9278. We're always wanting and waiting um, and happy to hear your voices.
1: (laughs) That's right. And I'm sorry, I keep forgetting the number. Thanks for calling it out. (laughs) Um, And Rich, like, I think... In your case, you're finishing your last year of university, you can often be hard of hard on yourself with tests and all of those kinds of things. And we teach people that all behavior is learned and positivity is unlearning some of that negativity. I know that people out there tend to be very hard on themselves. I'm not earning enough money. I'm not I don't have this, I don't have that. But po- fostering positive connections with others. Where can you talk about positive things? Those are the types of people you want to start looking at, you want to start to look at hanging out with. You know, one of the great things is you are who you befriend. And so when you befriend people that you can show kindness to and show kindness back to you, or when you give kindness, you become a stronger person because you have more meaningful human interactions. And this reduces fight or flight. So the neuroscience of our brain is meant for us to connect with others. And what's happening right now, because we've been on digital for so long, because we've been on Facebook, because we've been on those, they aren't fully human interactions. And what's sad is kindness on social is becoming a news story. That means news is something people don't know. Mean, angry, harmful interactions aren't stories because it happens so so much on digital. And that's leading us to chronic anxiousness. And we need to start tapping in. In 2024, I talk about this all the time, but for your mental health to prevent, and that's what we always talk about, proactive mental health practices, practice a few moments of positivity so I'm gonna talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about the neuroscience behind positivity. Because I don't think we spend a lot of time doing this. Before I before I began studying in my doctorate, I was a very cynical person. I, I I've always been somewhat of an optimist, but because I worked in the media, I tended not to believe people and I tended to see sort of the inside view, and I didn't look for the positive, I looked for the negative. And then what began to happen is I too began to become depressed. You are what you cultivate. So let's figure out how that fun word word play consciously cultivating positivity and yes sure let's shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't she the one that said (laughs) conscious uncoupling I I don't remember but um, I think that we need to be very very conscious of how to cultivate positivity in our brains Because when we experience something positive, whether it's a kind word from a friend um, or a a beautiful sunset or laughing, you know, I've talked about the podcast Smartless with uh, Sean Hayes and... um, a few other people I can't remember who his co-hosts are I can only remember him isn't that terrible but it's a very funny podcast and uh, I guess you can tell who my favorite is (laughs) but you get a good laugh like even right now we laugh and our brain releases a cascade of chemicals including dopamine serotonin and oxytocin and I've talked about oxytocin before Mm-hmm. And these neurotransmitters, these are, these are a bunch of chemicals that are already in our brain. They're free, and we're not taking advantage of them. And they're neurotransmitters, and they're often referred to as the feel-good chemicals because they contribute to our overall sense of well-being and happiness. <clears throat> so let me, I talk about dopamine a lot. A lot of my work is based on dopamine. Sorry, dopamine. I sound like Devin, <laughs> our producer. Devin, I have I seem to like losing my voice. But um, the dopamine is a neurotransmitter, so it's like a little wee highway, and it's associated with pleasure and reward, which is decision making. Mm-hmm. So when something positive happens, for example, when you receive a compliment or achieve a personal goal, our brains release dopamine. So In the beginning on LinkedIn, there used to be a great way to compliment people, and people really liked it, and people liked when people recognized their birthday. It was the same thing on Facebook. A hundred people would recognize your birthday, and it was fun. Now you probably go on Facebook, and you go, yeah, 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 and all you think about is who didn't wish you happy birthday. You don't think about all the people that wish you happy birthday. But then what happens is that causes you, this is how social media can manipulate negativity, just like the news media did in the days of Hearst during World War II. Because then you want to go look up that person, and you see the longer you spend time on it is the longer they make money because they can advertise to you. It's been a business tradition for almost 100 years probably wow. more than a 100 years.
0: You, you know what I really... Sorry. No, you know no, what I bad. really love about what you, you said? Um, it's from everything that you said, it really sounds like negativity really isolates you um, to yep. the point where you're starting to overthink and then it allows you to become depressed or look at the negative out, output of life and focus on little things that really shouldn't be you you really don't need to be focused on but i i love that so much
1: well i love that um you talked about uh negativity and it causes you to be depressed because if we look at the literature uh, academic literature not you know, People Magazine or something, is what, what they talk about is the maintenance of negative beliefs, which is constantly reading the bad stuff, um, seems to be related to having less positive emotional states. And what psychologists have noticed in the research is people with depression may become trapped in a self-reinforcing feedback loop of negative beliefs and negative emotions. And when, when I noticed this, and I, was, I don't treat people, I don't have a license to treat people, so I want to be very clear about this, but in observational research, and the reason I came up with the Digital Wellness Center was I saw people reading about COVID. And uh, it was this reinforcing feedback loop of COVID is like vaccines are good, vaccines are bad, the country's good, the country's bad. But they followed the same loop down into basically mental health. And we saw the same thing with every other recent horrible incident that has happened is people get manipulated by these negative reinforcing loops. Now we've known about this for hundreds of years, hundred years or more. This is how cults create people like create a cult Mm -hmm. is creating these negative feedback loops. And then, you know, you have to go to the one person who can solve the problem. Yeah. But the thing is, these people can't operate in secret. These negative loops, once we start talking about them, and I am not the only person talking about this. I probably am on this radio station. But soon, more and more and more people will be talking about it. Because what we want to talk about is getting more serotonin running through your brain. Serotonin is the mood stabilizer. It regulates our emotions and mood. And, you know, today (laughs) and last week, my dear listeners, I was almost late for this radio show twice because I am a runner. Well, recently I'm a walker because I fell and hurt my ankle, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I find when I run, it just increases. The, the, the chemicals, the positive chemicals in my brain. Other people feel they get that from reading a book or um, reading comics or, you know, Mutt's comics is a great... If you've never seen Mutt's comics, go on Instagram and look them up. They're amazing. <laughs> so um, when we engage and promote positivity, we... Um, like acting likes of kindness or spending time with others. Uh, for example, in Mutt's comics, I've been following this story about um, Mutt's is big on rescuing animals and they're rescuing a dog on a chain. And this dog has been throughout the comics forever. And, you know, this, this comic caused me to rescue my dog, but this today, the dog is off the chain for the first time ever, and that's wow. positive, and that's an act of kindness. And they're taking this dog to the vet, and you know, for me, also the the Sunday night dinners. I love that when we spend time together, and our serotonin levels increase, and it pro- promotes feelings of contentment and happiness. Put down your phone, or if you're going to stay on your phone, look at things that are fun that are relaxing. and and the last one, I know I've talked about it, but I just want to go back to oxytocin. It's it's our love hormone and it's released during moments of emotional connection and trust and hugging a friend, having a heartfelt conversation. You know, even watching the Hallmark Christmas videos. Okay, I can hear my husband (laughs) gagging right now. However, (laughs) I love them and I love the ending of them and all of those things. You know, uh, last week, I was, I was up at Auntie Monica's and Uncle Al's and I we got to watch one of those on Friday night. Like it was just a total girls' night. But that hormone plays a crucial role in building social bonds and enhancing our self sense of self-belonging. So if you ever look at a Christmas movie, like It's a Wonderful Life, that mm-hmm. movie releases movie. oxytocin in your brain. That's why we like it. And then if you look at something like you know, um, murdering zombies on Ninth Avenue doesn't release oxytocin. Well, I, well I, you know, it, it just scares yeah. us and keeps us in fight or flight. So it also plays into your into your into your whole idea of what's going on. Um, but one of the things that you know I, I want to talk about is our friend Nadine. Um, Nadine was starting to burn out. And she, uh, she shared that with us at the Digital Wellness Center. And we offered a couple of different things. We have a free journal that we email you. We don't want your data. We don't want anything. You control everything. But we said, you know what? Every morning, Nadine, answer one question. And she said, okay. And she decided to do that. So she started By answering that one question. And Richardson, we can post that journal link. Uh, We we gave it out in Boston and people really liked it um, when we were touring in Boston. And um, so she just answered that. And it took her away from the negative news in the social media just for five minutes. And then she would send an encouraging message to her mom. That's all she would do. She would just send a positive message to her mom or sometimes, you know, to someone else. But what she was doing was sending out positivity and she was releasing those chemicals in her brain. And over time she began to notice that her brain was jonesing for these things. She felt her mood shift. She felt her overall well-being shift. Because you see, while she was doing the positive, she wasn't engaging in the negative. That caused her to start to go out of chronic anxiousness. And she became more connected to the people. So her mom, even though her mom lived far away, and she wasn't a student, but she was only two or three years out of being a student and she had moved away from home. You know, she was in a difficult situation living in a basement apartment with not much money. But just sending that lovely message to her mom once a, like, once a morning, really was fun and then you know she told one of her friends at work what she was doing and her friend at work started doing that and it was this like this positive transformation this reduction in anxiety isn't a con- con- coincidence it's the result of a neuro- neurochemical change happening in your brain for me i am my best self after a run i am just yeah. so great like you you've seen me Um, (laughs) like I am a whole different human being and on my run, I always say good morning to people, and I play the good morning game, and I see how many people say good morning to me, and it's a really good day when I get five out of ten people saying good morning to me. Most people, because I live in such a big city, kind of look at me like I'm crazy. Now, what I'm starting to see, just a, a big shift, just at the end of the year, I don't know if it's the holidays are coming or what it is, Yeah, but... This morning, 8 out of 10 people said good morning to me. And someone said good morning to me before I could say good morning to them.
0: Wow, look at that. I know.
1: So (laughs) guess what? I had like dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin just totally released in my brain like Nadine. So what I want you to think about is how you can start to do this for yourself. Take control of your positivity. Don't let people steal it. And that's what's happening. People steal it because they make more money when you're feeling negative than when you're feeling positive. When you feel negative, you have a tendency to buy more. When you're feeling negative, you spend more time on social media. When you're feeling negative... You send negative messages, and that, again, makes digital more money. They don't want you positive. Wow. Take control. It's a really hard lesson to learn. I don't know if anybody's ever going to learn it, but if we can help one person get away from this, we can prevent one more heart attack. We can prevent one more case of burnout. We can prevent one more case of de- um, of depression, of chronic anxiety. That's what we're here to do. That's what digital wellness is. Using digital for good, not for evil. Using digital wellness that. for heal.
0: <laughs> I love it. You know, even when you think about your own home, your own private space, don't become so isolated in it. And especially when you focus on the digital aspect, like social media and everything, that can really, really trap you. You know, Get out of your room. As Dr. Mary Mary said, like she goes for a run and she she releases those um, gets the serotonin boost, the oxytocin and all those chemicals that help her be happy and be positive. Your home can be a positive place. Let it be a positive place. And I love that so much.
1: I think next week or, or sometime we should talk about why work is so good for us. Because, you know, there's this huge myth out there that all Americans hate work. And the truth (laughs) is, Americans actually like to work. Americans Mm -hmm. are some of the hardest working people out there. They love to get up and get stuff done. And I think we need to talk about why that is. And I think we need to start getting rid of some of these myths that are out there about Americans and talking about positive. They are generally a positive culture, but they're getting pulled down into a negative culture. And I think we can help them shift. Now, let's take a quick break and come back and do a quiz that can help you figure out your natural inclinations. Over to you, Devin, for a 60-second break. (laughs) Sorry, I cut out my music. (laughs) Now let's dive into a quiz that can help you better understand your natural inclination towards positivity and provide some tips on how to maintain positivity. And remember... There's never any right or wrong answers. If you're driving in your car, you can play this with your kids. If you're taking them somewhere, if you're starting your holiday shopping, these quizzes are just about self-discovery. They're for entertainment purposes. And that's why we do them every week, because everybody's favorite topic is themselves. So, Richardson, are you ready?
0: I already know where you're
1: going to go on this one. (laughs) (laughs) okay so when faced with a setback or challenge do you tend to a focus on the negative aspects and dwell on what went wrong or b look for the lessons and opportunities for growth in the situation
0: Ooh, yeah i think you know for sure i'm kind of an A and I'm trying to work on to be a B. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm so negative.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, since my heart attack I am definitely a B. Negativity got me nowhere but dead in the back of an ambulance. So, died, you know. No I good. don't care no. for it. No good. <laughs> Question number 2. Oh, this is a good one for you. I must have had you in mind with this. Imagine you receive a compliment from a colleague or a friend. Do you brush it off or downplay it, thinking it's no big deal, or express gratitude and let it boost your mood?
0: Oh man, you you must be attacking me this morning. <laughs> no, I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm a name. Definitely. I'm working on it though. You know, yeah. I'm definitely work on it. <laughs>
1: But I think you know, what's unfair is the majority Mm. of people in your generation brush it off.
0: Mm. You have never
1: been taught how to accept a compliment.
0: Yeah. Or even like what to do with it, you know. It's sometimes when you give me a compliment I'm like, Oh, thank you. Like or I would even like I've caught myself not even saying thank you, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, it's I don't know what to do with it.
1: Well (laughs) for me. I know, like, I totally agree. And, and I think, you know, there's there's tons of different groups who are taught to, to always to brush it off or to downplay it and to think it's no big deal. For example, young men. Why can't young men be taught to accept a compliment and say, thank you, and just say, hey, that good, that resides with me. Like, think about what would happen if you gave Jay-Z a compliment. What would Jay-Z do? Would he let it boost your mood? Or my hero, Steph Curry. Yeah. What would Steph Curry do? For all of those who, who you don't know, I heard Steph Curry on the podcast Smartless, and my whole life is now asking myself, what would Steph Curry do? So <laughs> I think he's such an amazing human being. He's so awful. I know he really is. <laughs> um, but Think about those things. And of course, like when they get a basket, they're going to say, yeah, hey, I hit it. And when Mm. Jay-Z gets, you know, a great hit or he produces a great show or finds a new artist, he's like, yeah, I did it. We should be teaching people more to do this. And we don't. Like in my my culture, I am taught to never, ever just to say thank you and put your head down and move on. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that that is 100% wrong. I think we should look the person in the eye and say thank you and smile. Yeah. Okay. When you encounter an unexpected changes or disruptions to your plan, do you, <laughs> A, <laughs> feel frustrated and stressed, struggling to adopt, or B, embrace the new circumstances with flexibility and an open mind? <laughs>
0: Uh, okay it looks like i'm all ace today Uh,
1: how about if we were to talk about my husband (laughs) he'd be all ace and listeners don't think i'm talking behind his back he's like in the kitchen he can hear me And question four in your daily interactions do you Tend to notice and remember the criticisms or negative comments, or B, focus on the positive aspects and compliments from others.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm A again. You know what? Oh. This is very, this question is like, hits me pretty hard because that's a weakness of mine. See, like even now, like I always tend to look at what I need to do better instead of looking at the positive aspect of things, you know? I, yeah. It's a good good question, a great question. I love that.
1: Well, you know, you're not alone. 80% of us tend to be A's. And that's why we're higher stressed than at any other time, according to the American Psychological Society. And I am actually bringing someone on to talk about this test. But Clifford Nass, remember I talked about him earlier, who wrote that book, the man who lost his laptop. He's the one that said, we all do this and we do it at work. In my book, again, message received. I talk about this effect in email and how it's really messing with our heads at work. You know, sometimes we can just say to someone, good job. And if we put, don't put a smiley face or something, people can take it as a criticism. Yeah here's the last question I want to ask people. And I am pretty sure you're a B now on this question, but you tell me reflecting on your social circle. Do you a find yourself surrounded by friends who often complain or see the negative side of things or B have friends who radiate positivity and uplift your spirits?
0: As you said, definitely a B. You know what? Isn't that interesting though? Um, That you can, be self-negative but yet still have a positive surrounding? I think that's like kind of seems like a balance, doesn't it?
1: No. Unfortunately, it's not. Mm. It's um, you know, again, it's what we were brought up with. Mm. No matter if you have friends who radiate positivity and, and uplift your spirits, as soon as you go back on that Email, as soon as you go back on, did social or any of those things, you go down. You're not holding on to that positivity and uplifting your spirits. And that's the problem. And that's what we need to change. We have to do more positive. So we need people, like, just take a moment and let's, let's consider your answers and my answers. And there's many years between the two of us. So understand it's perfectly normal to have a mix of tendencies. And then... You know, if you want to start exploring, if you answered mostly A's like you, you probably have a tendency to see the glass as half empty. The problem is you were taught to see the glass half empty. So how you have to retrain your brain. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning. Find those moments of positivity, even just shift it for three minutes a day. But that's what cultivating a more positive mindset is. It's reframing negative thoughts and seeking support from positive influences. For me, I'm going to mutts. Like I'm going to those little cartoons on on Instagram. I'm looking at fun um, whale videos of these beautiful whales. And like, you know, I, I look at the strangest things. I go on Instagram once a month just to see what's going on and what my daughter's doing. but. I don't – but, you know, I look for positive influences in digital. I look for positive voices on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Yeah. And if you answer mostly B, way to go. You tend to see the glass half full. Um, I was just featured in a wonderful article by a magazine – And they they put a big picture of me in there. And I am forcing myself to say, hey, that's a great picture. I'm not looking at the wrinkles around my eyes, but I'm saying, hey, that's great. I'm here to have that picture taken. I am grateful that I'm old enough and that I lived long enough to start getting some wrinkles around my eyes. And will I still work to cream every cream in the world to get rid of those? Yes, of course. But, you know, I'm laughing and I'm actually finding other women my age who are saying, okay, you know what? This is wonderful that we've reached this point in our life and we're so grateful to be here. So that's what I'm looking for. And it's never too late to cultivate a more positive outlook. And that's what I want people to take away from today. So... As we do that, Rich, I know you've got some questions from last week. So, Sorry. let's let's jump into those and some questions from this week.
0: All right. Let's start with our listener question 1 and this is what they said. I often find myself feeling overwhelmed and negative after watching the news or scrolling through social media. It seems like there's always so much negativity. How can I protect my mental well-being in in the digital age? Wow.
1: I know. I, I saw that question beforehand, so that's why I talked a lot about it today. <laughs> But And it's a fantastic question, and I really uh-huh. wish more people would would ask that question. And it's something all of us can relate to. I, I too, go on the news and, like, scroll down and, and look at all the bad news. Like, if you look at, say, the royal family, they've been in the news a lot this week. You know, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole and go, oh, so-and-so is bad, or this prince is bad, or this princess mm-hmm. is bad, or like, all of those kinds of things. None of it is true. Yeah. Like, like, you've got to know that what they're doing is is trying to get us to, uh, to follow them and to do things. And I want to think about Abraham Lincoln. Before Abraham Lincoln was president and, and did all the wonderful things he did. At his time, there were tons and tons of little personal papers. It was like the Internet of the time. There were tons of people that published personal newspapers, and they wrote what they wanted to write, just like blogs, just like Instagram, just like Facebook now. None of this is new. And what happened is people hated or loved people. And this one guy hated Lincoln so much from the time he was before president to the time he was president. He hated everything he stood for. So much so that when Lincoln was shot, when he died, when he was assassinated, this man wrote the most hateful obituary. And, of course, he he ended up dying a bitter, horrible man that nobody paid attention to. But what happened is this negative news and social media for all the people that read his paper caused them to get even more negative. Now, did it affect Lincoln? No, he was a super strong man. But there were all kinds of other papers out there doing the exact same thing, but there are also papers that were writing the positive out there. It was just like the social media now, but he learned to manage it. Now, he was an extraordinary human being. We can learn to manage it too. First, by curing your digital environment. Lincoln didn't read it. He just didn't read it. But he learned from criticism. So he would wonder why people were saying that. And then he would question himself and he would question others to find the answer and to find the grain of truth. I beg your pardon, before you can do that, you just have to unfollow or mute accounts and pages that constantly share negative or distressing content. Instead, follow accounts that promote positivity, inspiration, and well-being. So I did, I've done two TEDx talks. And I used them as teaching moments for my daughter because she was being bullied at school. And what I did is I showed her all the hateful things people were saying and all the good things people were saying. It's a balance and that's fine. But what I did is I said, this is how you unmute them. So let's unmute them. And what we were doing was the second thing you need to do, practicing media mindfulness. Before you consume news or social media, ask yourself, A, who's writing this and what's in it for them? Ask yourself those questions. Be a cynical journalist like I was. All right. What's in it for you when you write this? And what you'll probably find is people are selling stuff that go along with this, or people want to be elected that go along based on this premise, all of these evil things. Is this serving me positively, or is it causing unnecessary stress are the next two questions. Who's writing it? What do they get out of it? Is it serving me positively? Is it causing me unnecessary stress? So the last question is, do I need it? Pretty sure the answer is no. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And lastly, you need to balance your media diet. Make sure you're exposing yourself to positive and unlifting stories. Seek out websites or podcasts or channels that focus on solutions, on human kindness, and personal growth. Um, I have I've told you about a couple of mine, um, Rich. I hear that the something came on. Are you? So I'm not sure if you can still hear me. Do you? Oh, want- I can hear you.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah.
1: Um, like, what do you look at for personal growth?
0: Oh, That's a good question. For personal growth, it's more, as you said, like, it's a big reflection on myself um, where I tend to look at the positives and I tend to look at the negatives. What do I want more um, to, to stand out more? Like, if I feel like, oh, I'm a let's say kind person, I would try to be kind and continue to be kind, but mm-hmm. if I look at the negative aspects, it's like, okay well, what do I need to be better at then I'll look at I'll look at the not so positive things and try and get rid of them i would I don't want to really dwell on them too much. I yeah. tend to do that at times, <laughs> but okay. you know you know, but that's just how I try to um, to grow to, to, to keep moving forward right
1: well and digitally you can look at fun people like I love Kevin Hart I love his story Steph Curry um, mm-hmm. Mr. Harvey Mr. Steve Harvey I yes. really <laughs> like his work um, like these are great voices that are out there that you can follow Maya Angelou Um, she always said beautiful things. I just read a fantastic quote from her and it's left my brain right now. I really look for people that are positive that I can follow. I like their stories. I like what they're doing and I like how they, but I don't like it in a woo-woo way. I like it in a common sense. Okay, (laughs) this is what I did. This is why I'm happy. Let's go Mm -hmm. to another question.
0: Yes. Okay. Second question is says. I want to stay informed, but the constant negativity in the news affects my mood. How can I stay informed without feeling overwhelmed? That's a really good question. Um, Mm. That's a very, very good question. I just feel... I agree. Yeah. There's news everywhere. And so how can you um, stay positive with so much negativity around that? that? What do you (laughs) think, Dr. Mary?
1: (laughs) My answer may surprise everybody, but it's read a paper or listen wow. to the radio. Mm-hmm. Read a paper or listen to the radio. Use one sense when you're getting your information. So when you're reading a paper, you can get up and walk around. When you're listening to a radio, they have commercials that have a natural break in the news. So I now tend to read the paper or listen to the radio. I do not watch my news on television anymore, even though I was on a 24-hour news station. <laughs> um, but I can't take the news anymore. It's like Uh, You know, it's it's like killers of America. It's all about war. It's all about murder. It's all about negativity. I'm just done. Like, I can finish the news on the television and be overwhelmed. And then if you go to Facebook or your feed on the news or any of those things, you feel like sobbing. So... What you have to do is start to go to reputable news sources. So I balance my news out by the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. I just, I look at them online. I get two different perspectives. And then that's how I begin to form my own opinion. Again, you've got to retrain your brain. We've been spoon fed for so long. We need to just step, take a step back and then limit your intake. So I have like a 10 minute window every morning where I check my news. Outside of that, I do not because I call it information overload and I get way too stressed. Like if I think about the economy right now, oh my gosh, that's a whole other topic. We could talk for hours on what's going on in the economy. And then we talk about traffic and then, and then, and then. So you just spiral down. It's like, you know, at a dinner party, never talk about what is it, religion, politics, or money. Yes, and (laughs) that seems to be the entire new strategy of 2023 (laughs) religions, politics and money and it's like okay well there are other things going on another effective um, uh, thing is to remember you control your media diet choose wisely and and protect your mental health
0: I I love that Um, let's go to the next question Hey, so they said, I've noticed that even when I try to avoid negative media, I still find it its way, I still find its way to me through discussions with friends and family. Mm-hmm. How can I manage these conversations and maintain a positive outlook? You know what? That's kind of funny because that's kind of like the same question I I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you actually, just based from the, the last question. Um, what, what if you did try to avoid negative? Um, news right but then or limit yourself but then when you go out and people around you are talking and discussing about that how do you um, I wouldn't say avoid it but how do you uh, try to manage that
1: (laughs) well I make sure I don't have a glass of wine. Um, but uh, I, I can get a little wild with a glass of wine. I'm not much of a drinker, so that just like, yeah. But, um, you know, I think uh, in, in my case, like my husband and I have totally opposite political views. Mm-hmm. And we just have to agree to disagree. And also, if it's getting too much, we have a safe word. That when one person says, we just never, like, we never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm out with friends or we're at dinner, I'm saying, you know what, let's... I, I I would not want to talk about this right now. Could we chat about something else? Um, When a negative topic arises, I always like to practice active listening, particularly with my clients um, or, you know, with my family. There are going to be times when negative things happen and really negative things have happened in our lives. So you have to listen to their feelings and not say, oh, that happened to me or this did that or that did that. You want to listen, let people talk it out, and then begin to help them fill up their cup. So when we're all that negative, all that dopamine and serotonin, all of it, it's almost like your cup empties of those chemicals. Mm -hmm. And our job in that case, when we're active listening, is to eventually help them fill their cup back up. So redirect the conversation. Um, Sometimes hold, it's possible to hold someone's hand. You know, all of those kinds of things that used to be a natural human behavior, we lost during COVID. We lost Mm -hmm. when we were locked up. Um, It was a big deal like 30 years ago when Princess Diana held an AIDS patient's hand. Think about it now when we're volunteering, how often we touch. Touch someone. I know when I volunteer with seniors, they want to touch me. They want to touch Missy, my dog. Like they want Mm -hmm. to hug me. They want me to give them a little kiss on the cheek. They're so starved. And that's fine. We do that when it's appropriate, and we lead by example. We share positive stories, we share experiences, we share insights, Um, and, and honestly, positivity is contagious. My whole business is about giving people more positive ways of making good decisions, and I think that that changes my life. I get up in the morning and I leap out of bed and I'm happy to go to work. And people can tell I'm happy to go to work.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for answering that question. That These questions are amazing. I hope it amazing. Yeah. I know. It's, we
1: have good listeners.
0: Yeah, we do. And thank you for our listeners for um, sending these messages. Um, please keep sending more. We'd love to hear from all of you and your experiences. You know, um, but I do want to say that if there is anyone who is going through a hard time, please um, reach out to a medical professional, um, and don't hesitate. These mental health experts can and will provide you with the support and guidance t- tailored to you and will help you out. Um, so stay tuned.
1: Thank you, Richardson. Hair. oh sorry i thought you had put it up <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> I want to just end. I'm sorry. We thought we had a commercial. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, one of the things we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to post on our LinkedIn, the Digital Wellness Center. We're going to post um, a self care gift giving guide. So, how can you? At the top of the show, we talked about caring for self, being positive is just as important as working out. We got we have to get those chemicals running in our brain. So, you know, we're going to give you a gift giving guide to practice gratitude, to set realistic expectations, to stay connected, self-care, to give back. And we're going to post a a mental health line that you can call. There's one for Canada. There's one for the U.S. And we're going to start just talking a little bit about micro breaks in our next session. I wanted to do it in this session, but we got too into uh, talking about positivity and what we're doing. So we'll just do that next session. And we're going to start to give you examples that you can use, and we'll post those again on the Digital Wellness Center on LinkedIn. And I think we have a Facebook, don't we, Rich?
0: Yes, and yes, we you know,
1: do. and again, you can always text us and call in, like these people did. They sent us DMs on LinkedIn and social and uh, Facebook. Okay, the truth is, I don't, I don't do Facebook either, but Richardson does, so it works.
0: Out <laughs> I do, I did it all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so over to you to close the show, Rich. <laughs>
0: Thank you again, for um, Dr. Mary, for such an insightful show, and um, we're we're looking forward to hearing the next um, discussion as you have uh, talked about. Um, And until next week, uh, stay mindful, stay positive, and take care of your digital wellness and your digital well being.
1: And Richardson, good for you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm accepting it.
1: (laughs) See, I like it with a smile. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) I just want to end with, remember, there's a free help, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. It has a national helpline that you can reach by dialing 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP, 4357. It's also known as the Treatment Referral Routing Service. You can reach free confidential service in both Spanish and English at 1-800-487-4889. Thanks for your help today, Devin. Thank you, everybody, for listening. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. was sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management.